The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America, and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country, and America wants you It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. With Gary Ray, along with his co-host Linda Crater, and other prestigious co-hosts. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater, and other prestigious co-hosts. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is November 12th already, 2013. I'm Gary Ray along with my co-host, Linda Crater, President and CEO for VeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Gary. Did we have a great occasion on Saturday night? Yes, we did. It turned out really good, and I've noticed how uh, the mayors, a couple mayors, uh, uh, you know, they. This is the first time these two mayors were actually in the same city. <laughs> I so. love it for, for our audience. Uh, Gary hosted a concert for veterans, and there were veterans in attendance from all eras to listen to this wonderful concert by Brad Sayre. And it was a, such a, a bonding event for all of these various era veterans and their families. It was tremendous. So thank you for holding that, Gary. It was really a great experience. Oh, you're welcome. And, and again, you know, just for a, a quick about Brad. Uh, Brad used to be the lead singer and a guitarist for Molly Hatchet and a couple other uh, good bands. And he's traveled, uh, he was in 15 countries uh, when he was playing. So he's he's really, I think he's the best guitarist in the world. What do you think, Linda? <laughs> I know that I don't play guitar at all, so he was marvelous. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we have a really good show for you today. It's Shining Light on Brain Injury. But before we introduce our guests, we're going to just take a couple of minutes to provide everyone with a live Veteran Trek update. Today's update is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services and Brave Marketing Concepts. Be sure just to click on their logo on the sponsor page to see how they're supporting our veterans. Veteran Trek is about, just in case you're unfamiliar with Veteran Trek, it's about two veterans 
Anthony and Tom that are walking a mere 2,700 miles from Milwaukee to L.A. for PTSD and veteran suicide awareness and awareness for dryhoosh.org. Good morning, Anthony. How are you? Um, we got in here Sunday night, um, spent yesterday, Veterans Day, um, here at a hotel, Skyping with uh, two different schools and some different media back in Milwaukee. Um, had the opportunity to Skype with our families, and the schools that we Skyped with um, raised about uh, $2,500, $2,600 for Dry Hooch. And then um, yesterday being Veterans Day, I think we raised uh, probably about $3,300 for Dry Hooch total. Wow. That's great. So that is it great. was a good it was a good day yesterday. Um, we got to western Nebraska and we met a lot of people um, that kind of warned us about the amendment that we made to our trip. So we had to look and kind of reassess uh, those new new locations we were going to walk through in eastern Colorado and the negatives outweighed the positives so much that what we did was we were actually driven from the border of Colorado and Nebraska um, to northeast Colorado to put us back on our original route, which mm-hmm. was uh, a little bit safer um, for us because it goes through different cities and towns with some regularity as opposed to maybe like a 70 or 80-mile stretch where there's nowhere to get water or food. Ooh. That sounds like a wise decision. Yeah, so what we have, um, we put all that stuff on the website, and people, you know, seem to understand that. So what we're planning on doing is taking the difference in miles, and um, we kind of have some different plans for it. But we're going to walk them, um, but we're trying to figure out a way to include the people that wanted to walk with us that couldn't, um, like back home. So we're trying to figure that out, and we've got about 1,600 miles to figure it out, so... <laughs> All right. Now, I heard you've been talking to Chris Morsey, one of my board members. Yeah, he, uh, he's been trying to help us out with uh, just some of the logistics of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, he reached out to us when we were in Holdridge. Uh, we had a little snafu back then waiting for a package to arrive um, with our cold weather gear. We were going to spend two days there. We ended up spending eight, but wow. we ended up uh, meeting a really great family and it worked out well. She, uh, we would walk during the day, and she would pick us up at night and bring us back to Holdridge so we had somewhere to stay and then drop us back off the next morning where we stopped walking. And we'd walk all day, and she'd pick us up again at night and bring us back. So we had to wait for that package, and we didn't have the stuff to be sleeping outside and like below 30 degrees, so it worked out well. And then we just continued making our way uh, west through Nebraska, we had some really good experiences. We got to a town called Benkelman, uh, where we found out that's the hometown of Ward Bond. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty good. And uh got to eat dinner and breakfast with the Boy Scouts. They met us as we entered the town. Uh, they were holding flags and saluting us. So that was nice. Oh, that's cool. Um, Nebraska gets markedly different <laughs> when you get a little bit southwest. Tom and I were pretty surprised. We walked through a small town called Atlanta, turned a corner, and all of a sudden there were big hills and valleys and all sorts of stuff. It wasn't just flat cornfields anymore. (laughs) So we spent the last stretch of Nebraska walking up and down hills. So it was was a little different. All right. 
You know, uh, Bob was telling us when you get back, you're going to plan a walk from Milwaukee to uh, Florida to celebrate uh, the opening of the hooch down here. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That's, a, that's right. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, well, that was a we'll very see. nice noncommittal answer, and that was really good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad uh, everything's going well. No, no uh, incidents happened, right, besides uh, the no, cold weather gear? Yeah, no, I mean, just a lot of good people, nothing nothing negative, um, just a lot of good people that were supporting us along our way, and uh, we left Nebraska with Nebraska being one of, you know, the best experiences we've had. All right. Well, I want everybody to wish Anthony and Tom good luck, and give them by your support by donating right now. To, through your cell phone, just text the word DONATE to 80464. 100% of your donation goes right to dryhooch.org. We'll be providing these live updates of their adventures every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. We have really a great show today. Linda, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? I would be delighted to. I am very pleased to introduce you to Gretchen Neely Haney, who is going to discuss traumatic brain injury, and across a, a great number of um, perspectives, basically. And I'll let her give her background, but I think one of the most difficult problems with perception of traumatic brain injury and how it's accepted by those in the workplace or the public is that it's so difficult to know that someone has traumatic brain injury because it's one of those invisible injuries. So I'd like to welcome Gretchen Neely Haney. And Gretchen, maybe you could tell us a bit about your background and what we'll be talking about today. Sure, thank you. Um, Yes, well, I am up here in Anchorage, Alaska, and um, I started working with the National Guard in 2004, um, and I kind of got roped into it. I called out to the National Guard here, and I asked for services for one of my children, and they said, oh, there's no one running that department. You should really do that. So next thing I knew, I was running the family program services for the National Guard. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, That's a voluntold I, situation. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> and so, um, so I jumped into providing resources and education for families um, for the Air National Guard in Anchorage. And then it just kept progressing. Um, a new, and we all know how DOD works, a new order came down and they said, you know what, you need to provide a sexual assault response program. And so next thing, the general looked over and he said, oh, let's move you there. So then I became the um, sexual assault prevention and response program manager for seven years. And um, then... TBI became the big thing with the military, and they were like, oh, no, now we need someone to be the liaison for TBI. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so then there was no services in Alaska, though, for traumatic brain injury. And um, unless, you know, you had a severe concussion or something like that and could show it. And, um, and so we partnered with the nonprofit, um, the Alaska Brain Injury Network, which is now where I work. And um, I left the military last December um, in a civilian position and am now working the Fund Development Awareness Project for the Alaska Brain Injury Network. I think they're very lucky to have had you there and to be so flexible and knowledgeable in all these various areas. Good for you. Well, thank you. (laughs) Are you originally from uh, Alaska? I am not. No, I am from the Midwest. Was it job-related? 
job related? That's why you went there? Uh, spouse's job, yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's uh that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, cold, I never thought a girl cold. who grew up in Michigan would end up in Alaska, so <laughs> All right. Well, we're very appreciative of you signing on this early in the morning up there. Mm-hmm. There's a four-hour time difference, so Gretchen is really um, putting us before her coffee, I imagine. You know, I've got kids out in the hallway getting dressed and a husband getting dressed to head off to Jay Bear, and um, I'm sitting on the bed. <laughs> so we're doing good. <laughs> hey, can't beat that interview, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you very much. So what will we talk about today? Because we have so much to cover that TBI covers in your background. And maybe we can just give an overview uh, and then go into it. Sure. Um, I think there's a lot of things that need... I'm trying to decide where to start here. So traumatic brain injury, which TBI... um, There's so many different aspects. There's so many things that I think people... Um, don't understand about it. You know, we unfortunately it's gotten a bad, for lack of terms, rap, um, and especially in the military community. Um, but it's also the most underserved population, and the most un, I want to say misunderstood. And I think that um, we can clarify some of that so that it's not the scary epidemic that everybody thinks it is, and um, it's almost becoming one of those things that people don't like to talk about because it, it's gotten such um, bad stigmatisms and press. That's important, because we have talked on previous shows about PTSD and the same sorts of preconceptions. And as you say, um, especially in the workplace and other things that we've discussed before you and I on the phone, um, those are very important. So let's use this time today to shed some light, as we said, the title of our program, Shining the Light on Brain Injury Today. Right. And if everybody could hold that thought, we're going to take a really short break. My name is Gary Ray, along with uh, my host, Linda, and our guest, Gretchen. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. 
The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And, Linda, while we're on break, we were talking about uh, the, the TBI. Why don't you, you had a question that you wanted to well, ask. I, I think that uh, traumatic brain injury, or TBI, is not well understood by many people. So perhaps, Gretchen, you can go into a little bit what happens during a brain injury, what are some of the symptoms that may follow afterward, and and how it affects people on a day-to-day basis. Can we start with that? Sure. So, and I'm not a medical professional, so what I know is from working with our clients and our consumers and the stories that they tell us, and um, one of our main jobs is to make sure they get the resources they need and we can't provide those resources without knowing the specific experiences they're having. So what we know is that Traumatic brain injury can happen to anyone, and so you are dealing with a realm of from very moderate, you know, a a car accident, even though you don't hit your head, can be a traumatic brain injury because of the shaking of the head. It's still jarring the brain, and we want to think that there has to be a physical um, wound. So we, we're looking for bumps and gashes and bruises where really just even the jarring of a head can be a brain injury, and so we don't think about those things and so then the doctor doesn't know to check for those things but then we're dealing with complications later such as memory loss or maybe a child's behavior that the doctor wouldn't notice but a parent might because they're with them every day or a school teacher that says you know they're ever since that incident happened on the playground where they slipped and fell on the ice or you know something they just they can't keep their focus in class or you know it could be an adult that um bonk their head on some machinery at work and then is having a hard time, you know, with remembering duties and tasks and maybe at one time they were extremely organized and now they're not. And so they're very, it can be very mild. Um, and then others, unfortunately, get affected where it, it could be lights and sounds ir- are irritating them now because that, the, that part of the brain just can't handle it the way it used to, you know, where you and I can walk into a room, flip all the lights on and about our business where someone with a traumatic brain injury may walk in the room and it's so bright, just the natural light that they have to turn everything off and then go off, you know, 
dim lit lights on, on stands or from the window. And so everybody's different. And so there's no one symptom that goes to each person. One of the things that happens in the military and we've been reading more about is that the effects of cumulative events um, with brain injury tend to exacerbate symptoms. And it it used to be that you had to be in a a shockwave zone before the uh, medical professionals at uh, DOD or VA would acknowledge that you could have a TBI. They're finding out now that that doesn't need to be the case. So can you speak a little bit to the about the accumulating effects of multiple TBIs? Yes, and, and studies show that normally a person who receives a traumatic brain injury within the next couple of weeks will receive another. And it doesn't necessarily, so it could be that... Um, Say somebody, like you said, took an IED and then later they receive another one. It may not be that they got hit again in in an explosive or um, some kind of combat, but it could be because your equilibrium's off, um, you slip and fall more easily, you bump your head other ways. Um, So there's things compound because of the very first one. Um, it could be something very simple later that causes the second injury, and then they just do. They keep compounding, and then just like anybody else, if you were to sit there and, and just constantly keep knocking on something, of course, it's going to deteriorate faster. And mm-hmm. so, but I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, they, um, it, and it's unfortunate because, and, and I had this conversation with a service member the other day, that they said, you know, we may know this about ourselves, but we're not going to tell because we don't want anyone to know. And it's the same story I've heard for 15 years working with military people that, you know, yes, we know we have these injuries, but we're not going to tell anyone until later because we don't want to jeopardize our career. And it's unfortunate because if they would have told about the first one, maybe they could do something or, or start getting, you know, shining a light on these things that, the DOD says, you know what, maybe we need to set them back for just a minute and not put them right back out. Well, it's interesting because at schools now, there's usually a protocol when someone is hurt in a a sports accident and they ease them back in and they follow a protocol. If they don't speak up and say that they may have this issue, chances are good that the same or similar protocol that's being used in theater right now is not happening. I know, I know that at Walter Reed here, if you don't speak up and say that you're having um, organizational issues, headaches, equilibrium, dizziness, those sorts of things, they don't know to give you cognitive therapy or test for a TBI. Is that right. a problem where you are? Do you see that? Oh, all the time. All the time. And and what's, what's really sad is, and I'll pick on the, the kids at school, one of the things that we have noticed is they're getting smarter about the test. So up here in Alaska, our children have to do a pretest for sports, and they go in and they sit down on a computer, and it gives them a baseline of where they're at. And so if they receive an injury in their in their football game, and the coach pulls them out, and they have to redo this test, and it shows any variance, then then they're done for the season. So what the kids mm. do is they purposely test low in the first <sighs> test. Great. So that there's yeah so. And, you know, it's the same thing with our PDHRAs and our PDHAs and all that, that 
people know that if I say yes to this, it's going to give that red flag. And so, you know, make sure you answer everything so it doesn't give any flags so that you can go on your 90 days post and 180 days and not have to go get seen. The problem is, though, that without care, things don't get better. Right. Right. And they don't. And um, But what I encourage families to do, though, is you know your your loved one the best, whether it's a child, mm-hmm. um, an elderly person, your spouse. And so we do notice those things, and, and we have to speak up. You know, we it needs to be the family member. Either reach out and find resources. If, you're, if your family member won't go forward, then you go forward and find out what it is that that person needs and start working. Because a lot of it you can do as a family. I mean, your peer supports your, your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And so... If they're scared to go forward, then you go forward and, and find your your local brain injury nonprofit and get the resources and start putting the material together and sitting down with your loved one and saying, "Look, I noticed these changes in you. You're you're forgetting things all the time that you didn't used to. Things are funny to you that aren't funny to others. And you know it can be just simple little things like that. And so. Um, it's important for our loved ones to be paying attention and not deny it. So many times we want to deny things because we love somebody and it's important that we not deny the fact that we notice something's wrong and just sweep it under the rug thinking they'll just get better. Mm-hmm. You know about uh, how long has TBI been recognized? I mean, uh, you know, like PTSD, uh, somebody from Vietnam 40-some years ago, uh, it, it just wasn't there. It wasn't recognized. And, and today they still don't. The person that has the PTSD doesn't even um, know they have it. Uh, so as far as TBI goes, how long has that been recognized, say, by the VA? You know, I can't honestly answer that. But what I will tell you is it was in 1998, um, the federal government started hearing about traumatic brain injury more and more and more. Um, and that's when they went out and they went into, I want to say, nine states with federal funding and they made TBI advisory boards. And they, you know, selected the states from CDC stats um, on who was seeing the most. So whether it was military coming home, um, what we know about traumatic brain injury is in the civilian world, it's slips and falls that are the number one cause for traumatic brain injury. Um, and then usually motor vehicle accidents after that, and then assault. So, um, so they went in, they took this funding, and they, they found groups of people, whether they were survivors and um, physicians, and, and made these 17, 18 people boards. And then they would advise the government on the research they had done and said, this is what you know, we need to be doing in our states. And so... That program went on probably till about 2003 when federal government said, okay, we have enough money now, you know, you guys can do with what you want in your state with these boards. And so here in Alaska, we took ours and made ours into a nonprofit in 2003 and continued doing research and, and um, trying to find grants to assist Alaskans and veterans and active duty military being that people, we're, we're overseas, you know, we're a state, but we're still an overseas location um, according to DOD, and so our services are it's very few. Um, mm-hmm. But then I was very fortunate to work with a team from Kansas who came up here last week, and we did a brain institute, 
and we've had a ton of resources come in and speak to the people in the in the symposium. And the people from Kansas were like, wow, they're like, you have so many services, but no one's talking. No one mm-hmm. knows they're there. And I think that's a problem for a lot of people mm-hmm. is there's services, but no one knows what they are because you don't think, oh, traumatic brain injury, that just needs a, a head doctor or a behavior doctor. And it's not true. There's so many things that there are services because no one wants to suffer the rest of their lives. They want to become independent and get back to that workforce or finish school or get that degree. And so there's so many pieces that go into the recovery of a traumatic brain injury. It's not just here's a Band-Aid and get better. Mm-mm. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick short break again. Boy, time is flying, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda and our guest, Gretchen. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Oh, welcome back, and we're here with Gretchen. Gretchen, is there a website that uh, families are, can go to and learn more about TBI? Sure, definitely. So, um, 
of course, we have our own, and you're welcome, even though we're in Alaska, to contact us and go to our website, and it does talk about traumatic brain injury, and it's alaskabraininjury.net. But then the um, DOD is DIVBIC, which is D-V-B-I-C. And then, so that has a lot of information for the veterans and the active duty military population. That's and, great. And DIVBIC is a .org. I believe so, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you were talking about your institute meeting last week, and certainly TBI is something that you can try and prevent um, in sports injuries and things, but in the military, it's not probable that you can stop a IED, etc. So talk more, if you would, about some of the things that were uncovered last week as best practices in terms of a successful program to help treat or identify TBI. Definitely. So, um, like I mentioned, so we put on a symposium once a year and we keep it small. And um, my executive director, which has now moved on, but um, we went all over the country in the last few years and tried to find different programs that we thought that would be the best model. And we heard about um, Community Works Mind Matters out of Kansas. And what mm-hmm. made it so unique was here is this place that went has a tremendous amount of traumatic brain injury. There's a large military installation not far away. And they were finding that the people didn't know what to do. You know, if if you weren't being successful at home, if you weren't successful in the job place, then just put them in a home. And that wasn't working. And mm. so... What we found out, though, that if you take somebody who's had a traumatic brain injury, because they want to be, they want to be back out there. They want to be living like we talked about. They want to be working and thriving, just like everybody else. And so, if you go with this team approach, which is what we loved about this program, and it's it's your speech therapist, it's your occupational therapist, it's your behavioral therapist, it's your case manager, maybe your personal living attendant all of everybody working together as a team and saying, you know, you know, John Smith over here needs to really concentrate this month on his social skills because, you know, yeah, he can walk around, but he doesn't know, can't remember anymore how to go out, order a cup of coffee, and just talk to people without mm-hmm. being scared of being judged. And because a lot of times... TBI has this misunderstanding when you look at someone and, and their speech is slurred or sometimes they're, they're maybe a little disheveled. You're like, oh, that person's, you know, they're, they're drunk or an addict. And, and really, they're not. They're just someone who's had an injury that just isn't the same as us anymore. But they are deep down inside. And so they work together as a team and they'll target those things versus someone who's got a speech therapist over here doing one thing, a physical therapist over here doing another thing and they're both doing great jobs but maybe if they came together they knew together that you know while you're doing these exercises they need to be working on these vocal skills and so it's a great program and what they've seen as great success is that people are getting out there sooner and then eventually they say you know what? I don't even need your services anymore because I can do this on my own I now know what I need to get back out there in the world and be successful and so you're, I don't, it's empowerment. It is. And that's what we have to put it back in their hands. Um, I have a veteran here that I work with. I love him to death because I think he said it best. He went, 
they flew him out to a VA hospital in Lower 48, and they, the doctor said to him, what is it that I need to do for you? And he looked at me and he said, it's not what you do for me, it's what I do for me. <laughs> and, and it's the truth. It's that that person has to know that they can do it on their own and get out there and be successful. You know, Gretchen, it's not easy for these folks to ask for the help. I I met a wonderful National Guardsman at Walter Reed a couple years ago. He held two master's degrees. He was a JAG. He was just very, very knowledgeable, etc. But he could only hide the fact that his um, reasoning could get confused or muddled for about 10 minutes. And he said, they're about to ship me out, and I can no longer read because mm-hmm. the the words jumble, etc. But he sounded good, and the culture is one that asks people to, you know, buck up, soldier. Um, it, it's unfortunate because they show for 10 minutes that they're working, but as you mentioned, family members who see them day to day, may see the differences from who they were before and who they are now. Unfortunately, he left without any cognitive therapy, so we, we gave him Divic and a couple of other resources for where he was going. But what do you do when you don't have family members to do that? How do you approach even finding these um, service members uh, or veterans who may have had a TBI and haven't really had it identified or therapy prescribed? Well, what we know is they are the most undiagnosed, unfortunately. Um, you know, the only thing I can tell you is that we encourage people at discharge to to do those warm handoffs. You know, one of the things that we do here is you know, in the hospitals and we tell them, when you are sending someone home, you know, make sure they know in their community what resources are there. They may not need them right now or think they need them right now, but hopefully at some point they will be able to say, you know, I know the doctor gave me this. I know the doctor gave this, you know, pamphlet to me. And maybe I should just call them and see what they have. I may not understand who I'm calling, but it's worth at least trying. And so, you know, there's so many resources out there. And, and again, like I said, we brought that group together and they went, wow, we didn't even know this was here. Um, you know, look in your community. Um, we have a group called BrainWorks. And it's a, a group that got a grant and they go on to our Wounded Warrior program and they talk to the, to the ones coming out who are going to be med boarded, but coming back into the community and they say, what is it that you want to do? And then they help. You have to have a traumatic brain injury and then you get up to a $10,000 grant to start your own business. Good heavens. Well, how yeah. do you get in touch with them? Just go to brainworks.org? They are a local group. Um, okay. But yeah, if you if you look up BrainWorks in Alaska, they can mm-hmm. probably tell you how they went about this funding and this grant. And it's a fantastic program, and it's great because you know we have we have a young man Anthony. He has now or- opened Anthony Catering because he loved mm-hmm. cook. So they sent him through culinary school. They helped him do all those things. Um, you know, and and now they're successful, and and they're working on their own, and they're not having to deal with that person going. Why are you doing this this way? Well, because this is how I function now. This is how, you know, they're, they're, they're able to empower themselves without having to deal with, like you said, the, 
the lawyer who no longer can maybe do those things, but maybe that lawyer can start up a business where he can advise or do something else. Take the skills that they had and work on them and then empower them to use them in a different way. You're you're absolutely right. I I think, though, sometimes people fall into, if you can't see it, it doesn't really exist. Or if it's sporadic or intermittent in terms of showing variation, they may not have known the person before. So they don't know the differences. But um, as you mentioned, the undiagnosed, um, one of the things that's being done are, are discussions to civilian doctors because Garden Reserve often go into the community for their medical care and sharing with them that if you have headaches and dizziness and the organizational skills and can't keep a focus, um, that these are sometimes sometimes uh, recognized as being part and parcel of being in combat or, or being injured in such a way. Does any of your, do any of your programs uh, acknowledge the community doctors and, and their education on TBI? Um, I think, well, one of the things I know here in Alaska we're going to be doing is we're going to be reaching out because we are a rural, very large, well, we're the largest state with so many rural communities, and we do have a large Army National Guard presence out in the villages. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that we do is um, that we've done in the past and now, you know, change over in, in system. So we will be calling to each one of those village doctors and asking what it is, what is it that they have in their community? Good. What is it? So when we send National Guard back to Emonic, Alaska in the middle of nowhere and they're suffering from, from a head injury or whatever it may be, who is there that can take care of that person so that we can make sure they go home with the right things? And so it's important that, you know, each state knows who is it where when you're sending those people home. You know, the National Guard at one point had the highest suicide rate because right. they're coming home and they're coming home to no jobs, being sent away with no resources back to their communities, which is hence the PDHRA and all the other things that became. Mm-hmm. Um, and Suicide has, is, is highly correlated to traumatic brain injury. Yes. And so, you know, there's, that's what I tell people. When, we, when you talk about traumatic brain injury, I mean, wow, we could start, like, you open that can and all those little worms that jump out and go every which direction. Mm-hmm. You could take that with traumatic brain injury. I mean, we could talk about domestic violence and sexual assault and IEDs and suicide and slips and falls, the elderly children. I mean, the list goes on and on to the correlation. And mm-hmm. um, I just I implore people to just find out what is in your community and because they are coming home or you're being med boarded or you wait till your retirement and then tell, hey, all these things happened to me. Now what do I do? And that's so important in order to get the VA care. If it's not yeah. on your med board, if it's not in a rating, it's very difficult to go back and get it. You can, but it takes time and a lot of effort sometimes, and you may not just have the patience to do it. Oh, my poor husband. I am a military spouse, and my poor husband gets lectured on a regular basis. You have no idea. (laughs) 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 He gets told he better keep those piles current. (laughs) But it's true, and and being underdiagnosed... it, it does become a pro- it can become a problem later if 
proper care and um, precautions are not taken. Yes, very much so. And, um, you know, in, there's programs in place. There are. And DOD is trying. It's unfortunate some of their funding has left. You know, there was a great traumatic brain injury program in Charleston um, that just lost all its funding for veterans. And so that's shut down. And, and it is a disservice, and it's sad to hear those things. But don't give up. Go and find out what else there is. Um, I think there's more out there than people know. Right. Well, we're going to take another break. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda and our guest, Gretchen. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Gretchen, why don't you go ahead and give us that address again, that URL for uh, information? Sure. Um, ours is Alaska yes. Brain. Injury.net, and then, of course, the DVBIC, DVBIC.org. All right. Linda, you had a question? 
Well, I think one of the things that's most interesting um, that we see a lot is that sometimes a TBI, not all, but sometimes a TBI will affect, um, I'll call it the verbal filters, some of the social skills that you were mentioning earlier. And you were in the guard, so let's address this to the, the guard and reservists who are coming back to jobs or hopefully coming back to jobs. And the difference it may make in their workplace um, if a traumatic brain injury has caused some filtering issues, if you will. Maybe you can speak of a couple of cases or examples that speak to the communication and social skills that may be affected by a TBI. Sure, be happy to. So I have a, a gentleman who wears a shirt, um, and, and he cracks me up, but it says TBI on the front with, you know, the circle with the line through it, and then he turns around, and then it's got TBI down his back, and it says to be incarcerated. And mm-hmm. so, because it is highly misunderstood, um, you know, as we talked about earlier, the, um, the stammering or, um, you know, their equilibrium's not right. So not only are they not speaking right, but then they, they're wobbling, and so a police officer or somebody will, will misunderstand and go, oh, look at that person over there. They're intoxicated. So someone needs to go and deal with that belligerent drunk. And then next thing you know, someone's got a hold of that guy where it's not the case. They have a traumatic brain injury, but now they're scared, and they don't understand what's going on with them. And so they're going to react because they don't know. And it's not at any fault to the to the police officer or correctional system. It's the fact that they don't understand, the survivor doesn't understand, and then we all know what happens when you have two people <laughs> colliding, then someone <laughs> ends up in trouble. And so now you've got this this person with suffering from traumatic brain injury who's now being falsely accused of something and then gets locked up where really jail isn't the place for them. And then they're going through the court system and they can't control these outbursts because they're upset. Their brain isn't processing the same way as, as yours or mine where we're sitting back and, you know, taking things slowly, taking the data and going, okay, what do I need to do to get rectify this situation where they're, they're on, you know, that fight or flee mode. And so Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, I don't know how to process this. So, how else do I get myself across but just to keep expressing and that expression may come across probably not well received by the judge and so then they're even in more trouble and so we need to understand and and I really think it comes down to the society getting more education you know we talk about the help for the survivor but really our society needs so much more education and understanding of it Um, if they did a study in Canada on young men in the juvenile system, and because of the fact they're in the system where you're more likely to have fights and all these things where you, you mentioned earlier, you know, the recidivism of traumatic brain injury where you get one and then later you get another and another where our prison systems are that way. And so the last place we need to do is put somebody with a traumatic brain injury into a system that just where they're more likely to acquire another one. And you know, Gretchen, is part of this, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. I, part of this comes to me that, and I've seen it again, is that traumatic brain injury, um, the ones who have sustained it, often are in denial 
that they have a problem. And one of the hardest things to do is to sometimes get someone to acknowledge and accept that they have a traumatic brain injury before they will really be receptive to care. Are there any good practices to follow or to guide people to that will help that? Is, is that something that should be coming um, you know, in the DOD system when they're active duty? Um, but we've found that oftentimes just accepting that I'm different than I was and I need to just retrain myself how to do that to make them aware of getting care. How do you propose that that is improved? You know, um, one of the, the things that I learned when I was working for the guard here is um, one of the things they like to really talk about is the continuum of harm versus the continuum of care and yeah. really applying that. And I, I had this conversation with a service member yesterday and I, because I know them personally, and I said, let's sit down and look. I said, when I knew you before, you did these things. And now I know you and I see these things, and do you see a difference in your pattern and what's different, and when did they start to change? And so really, you know, we talk about, you mentioned the word empowerment. They have to see it. They mm-hmm. have to understand. And I, and it, service member, whoever, you, you sit down and you just, it, no one wants to be told. I mean, you know, hey, you're, you're broken, which you're not broken. You're just moving sideways instead of forward. So mm-hmm. let's start moving forwards. So where do we have to go to get there? So if you're forgetting these things, you're getting more emotional, how come? You tell me why. What happened? And, and I think by almost putting it back and saying, explain this to me. Where in your life did you notice? At what time did something happen where you even... You know deep down inside things aren't the same. And so, you know, sitting down and just kind of doing a timeline, a continuum of where you were here, it's going downhill, and this is where we're progressing on the slippery slope. But if we go this way up, up this hill to a continuum of care and getting you, you more services, and it may not be behavioral health, which is what so many people are scared of that, mm-hmm. you know, going to see a doctor for, for psychological reasons is astigmatism, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, but then you tell me, what do we need to do? Because, again, look at your past, look at your future, where are you going? And I think a lot of times just common reasoning will help with those things. Mm-hmm. It does, but it requires someone else to sit down and be compassionate and ask those questions. It and it's often very difficult for a spouse or a family member to do that because they're a bit trepidatious as well. You know, mm-hmm. Things are changed. Things are different. Um, PTSD may be in the news, but TBI is still not widely known um, in terms of the symptoms or, or how it could manifest itself. Right. How would you propose we make that uh, more known? It needs to be talked about. Um you know, yeah, we talk about the football players and things like that, and we talk about the military having traumatic brain injury, but, I mean, we just, we need to talk about it. When I, one of my other hats in the military is I, I ran the suicide prevention program, and, 
you know, everybody believes it was the S word. If you talk about it, then they have it. They, they have the tendencies to want to want to commit suicide, which is not true. And it's the same thing with mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury. If you talk about it, it doesn't mean that you are going to become this horrible person and, you know, or your family member is going to be different. And, um, you know, we, we talked about the fact, you and I, that I have um, personal experience, you know, with somebody being misdiagnosed and then losing, you know, things that were, were precious to them because society has this thought that, oh, my goodness, you said TBI. Okay, well, TBI is not bad. <laughs> and we need people to know that. It's not like like this, oh, my goodness, you brought the pandemic. It's, it's a... It's not contagious. Yeah, it's not contagious. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we're at the end of our show, and Gretchen, we'd like to thank you for being on the show today. And would you like to share anything with our listeners before you go? I would. So April 30th through May 2nd, here in Anchorage, Alaska, we will hold the Alaska Brain Injury Conference. We are partnering with the North America Brain Injury Society, so it is offered nationally. Um, we are hoping to have a packed crowd. Our target is shining a light on brain injuries in the underserved population to include the rural Alaskan, well, a rural community with our military and veterans. All right. So Linda? we will have five tracks, one for military. We're, okay. we're going to break it down into five tracks, one for the military and veteran population. All right. Linda? I just think, uh, thank uh, Gretchen for shedding um, some real information and resources on TBI, traumatic brain injury, and know that there's so much more we could talk about, and we will do that in future shows. But thank you for shedding the light and shining the light on traumatic brain injury in the military. Yes, thank you. If thank you happen you. to miss, if you happen to miss the live show, be sure to go to the American Heroes uh, dot com and. It's all basically there for you on demand, all the shows. American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and have a great week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater and other prestigious co-hosts again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation thanks to you we're living free. We're a queen many colors and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. America wants you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. Brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 